You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Here for the Truth. My name is Erasmus. I'm Joel. We got Joel. We got a pretty fucking awesome guest for you today, man. Uh, Paul Enslaved. He's someone that I, I, I met up Fourth uh, of July weekend. We met at the Music and Sky Festival, and uh, which was interesting because it was uh, it was about four days after I first saw his YouTube video, which we'll talk about. But I just want to share a little bit about Paul, some words about him. Paul is a man who upholds universal law. He seeks the truth in order to be set free from different forms of bondage, as well as to aid his fellow man and woman in the same pursuit. He is probably best known for his traffic stop uh, YouTube video or traffic stop involving no license, registration, insurance, or plates that evolved into a thought-provoking conversation with an officer ending with a smile and a handshake, as well as Paul going on his way and the right to travel being upheld. His life's work is to secure rights and freedom by standing in love and speaking eternal truth as he understands it. Paul, brother, welcome to Hear for the Truth. Appreciate you. And that was a great introduction. Yeah, wonder, where did it I come from? That. Where did it come from, dude? <laughs> I wrote that. Yeah. So you see, that's how we do it in the industry, right? We write our own introduction. Yeah, that's how we do it, man. But we make it easy, man. We're just like, yo, tell us your bio. We're going to read it in the beginning and then we'll get going, dude. You know what I'm saying? That's it's it. easier than that. That was pretty fair, though. I think that was pretty, pretty equitable intro describing me, you know, I without think so, any extras. The little that I know of you. So since you mentioned it in, um, that very awesome bio dude how did like the traffic stop like how did that obviously you got pulled over but then did you just like decide to videotape and then upload it to youtube and then everything just kind of spread like wildfire in terms of like yo who's this cat that just did this to all these cops yeah i mean kind of going along with what we were talking about off air i think the universe had a plan for me and i was kind of aware of it and i just didn't know how it was going to unfold and if I was gonna get like beaten and murdered in the process, but I was kind of ready on one level, you know, even if it was kind of like more of a subconscious level and I knew I was gonna get stopped. I mean, obviously anybody knows who is moving around like that, you know, no license, no plates, no insurance, no registration. At some point you're gonna deal with them, right? So I was just kind of expecting it. And being as that I live this kind of information, um, I just, turned the camera on and went, you know, cause it is who I am. So it's not like I'm necessarily reading from a script, you know, there's certain bullet points and, and facts and understanding that I kind of have readily floating in my mind if this stuff comes up. But again, like I said, I'm living this information and, you know, it's always kind of in my heart and on the tip of my tongue. So yeah, I mean, everything kind of came together in that video. Yeah. Yeah. Where did, um, so like you say you live this information, but like what drew, like drove you to being like, I'm going to, you know, be a, and I say this in quotes, an expert or someone who knows more than most people on a subject in universal law and common law, like, like well, how did, what, what drew you to it? Yeah. Say that? Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize myself to be an expert by any means, but what I will say is that I've always cared about truth and, and, and the wanting to know. Right. So whatever the subject is, right, if we were to cover probably 20 subjects, chances are I know a little bit about a lot. Right. I may not necessarily know 
a lot about a little bit, but I know a little bit about a lot, right? I've, I've delved into pretty much everything there is when it comes to the consciousness, awareness, philosophy, psychology, sociology, theology, um, epistemology, you know, if we want to get into the, the big words and the understandings. But again, it just comes down to realizing a man is just a man, right? It doesn't matter what institution we go to, we're all reading from the same books. We're, we're studying the same understandings and teachers and philosophies throughout the ages. So I've always just been wanting, I've always wanted to be somebody who was wise, quote unquote, right? I've always thought that the whole purpose to incarnation in this realm was to learn and to grow and to become wise and to, like I wrote in my introduction that you so eloquently spoke, um, free ourselves from bondage, right? And then free others. Because again, a lot of the pathway to success in life, to me, for, my, for me, I'll speak in the eye, was knowing what not to do, right? In order to learn what to do, a lot of it was doing all the wrong things. And then saying, well, this is not what I want. This is not working out. How do I remedy this life and this, this, this dark night of the soul as we talk about in these themes, right? So again, there's just these kind of common themes in, in humanity and consciousness where we go through these dark periods. And then if we're blessed enough and, and, and I guess have the grace enough from the universe to come out on the other side, uh, still alive and in one piece, we kind of learn a lot from that about ourselves and what we want to be and where we want to go right yeah so i mean if that answer is like what drove me to this information you know wanting to be free you know wanting to know wanting to hold the truth within me and wanting to be free from um you know manipulation of others and from dark and 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 dysfunctional parts of myself yeah, man. I mean, we, we go through life and we make choices and we make, we make decisions and we act in certain ways and we either feel good or we don't feel good or something within us is saying, you mean, you're, 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 being, you're being led down the garden path here. Um, and just that simple internal awareness to be like, this isn't working for me. You know what I mean? What, what I've been doing isn't working. It's not con conducive to, to who I am and what I want to experience. So what do I need to learn? How, 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 how can I change? How can I think differently? How can I change based on my experience? And just the most simple, simple way to actually live your life is by recognizing your own mistakes, your own errors, the ways you've, you've gone erroneous and what hasn't worked and being able to shift in that regard. Um, but so many people just get stuck. They get stuck in their ways and they're, they're unable to change and they're unable to, to shift and use that awareness. So what is it from your perspective that is holding most people in, in, in bondage from change or from, from diving into a higher wisdom or, or a deeper wisdom and, and making profound changes in their life to live more in alignment with, with the universe, with universal law? What, what, are, what, are the, what are the primary shackles that man has to work through? I would say uh, uh, the ego construct and then one of the facets of that construct would be ignorance of truth outside of what we want and don't want to be true, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us have an, an image and a belief about life and what it is. And we either want that to be true or we ignore the parts of it that we don't want to be true. That construct in the mind, I guess part of it is for protection, right? Or to keep the status quo going so that, again, part of our, our, our creature uh, um, existence is to keep everything the way that it is as a form of protection, right? Because change can be scary and lead to destruction or harm, right? But one thing we learn as a spirit or as a higher level intellect is the only thing that's constant is change, right? As one of the great philosophers, yeah. I forget, Ep Epictetus or whoever, 
uh, said, you know, the only he thing was probably he was probably Greek, bro. He's probably Greek. Yeah, some some Greek guy, and he was probably very good looking, and you know <laughs> had a good tan, and he was good at reading intros. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, he you know it, it's 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 a common sort of ancient wisdom that remains constant throughout the ages, and we draw upon this, right? Like the well, we go back to the well, we draw upon this understanding, and we apply it in our own lives, and we find that we get results, right? Because self is self, right? Consciousness is consciousness, awareness is awareness, self is self, all throughout periods in time, because time and space is an illusion, right? And that goes back to the, the truth and understanding about oneness, you know? Yeah. So throw, throw, throwing it back, if, if you don't mind sharing, what, what was your, your dark night of the soul? What, what was your awakening? Where, where, where were you, which had to take place for the universe to shake you to where you are now? So uh, we'll, we'll do the, the brief sort of synopsis here. Um, my mother had a stroke when I was born. Uh, I was born premature. We were supposed to die. However you want to put it, act of God, universe, miracles. We both survived. Um, she was left uh, irreparably damaged. Right side of her body um, was, was not functional. Her speech was all messed up. She was reduced to like almost like a child. Um, and, 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 and being brought up in that situation, her constantly drinking and unable to care for me and give me attention led to, to self-esteem issues, self-issues. That led to an inability to communicate and connect with, with women, right? Um, for, for a very long time in my life, led to drug issues, right? I was a heroin addict shooting up probably, you know, over 10 times a day towards the end. Um, wound up overdosing a couple times, being brought back. Um, and then just kind of realizing, you know, there was drug, uh, excuse me, jails and rehabs along the way. Um, and then just kind of realizing, you know, that this was not going to go anywhere. And that while I didn't want to live anymore, I, I wasn't going to be a part of trying to take myself out of here, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I, I didn't necessarily want to die. I just didn't want to live. Right. And I, I, I can't, I can't necessarily explain a lot of it because I would just presume that a big part of it is that nervous system kind of shocked. Right after you, and just to kind of you know give people out there how hopeless it got at a certain point, or how careless I got, you know, I overdosed, was brought back, went back home and did the same shit that I had overdosed on. Right, so that was pretty much me saying, you know, I, I don't care, you know, and then overdosed again, and then went back and and did the same drugs again. So it got to a point where I realized, well maybe I'm not going to be let out of here or let off the hook or whatever it is. There's something more going on here. You know, um, I don't really want this anymore. This is not going anywhere. I don't necessarily want to die like this. I don't necessarily want to put my father through this, right? Because my father was with me through my whole life and, 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 you know, big support system for me. And I care about him a lot and I didn't want to have to continue to put him through this. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to try something different. And then that trying something different led to kind of an expanded awareness where I started to realize more as time went on what was possible yeah. and the power that I had and the influence that I had and that I was, quote unquote, put here for a purpose, whatever that means, you know, that there is purpose and meaning in my life and that I can create that and be a part of that and that 
life doesn't have to be a negative experience, even when it gets crazy, right? It's about processing and, and, and what you feel and believe about yourself and the world and the universe. Yo, what's the, what was the timeline around like from now to the, like then, like when you- That had- whole period, I just, I mean, well, obviously, you know, my whole youth uh, was a struggle because of that situation with my mother and not mm-hmm. feeling that, that love and that whatever, you know, that, that bond and that normal sort of upbringing. But pretty much, you know, uh, going into puberty from that period and then to about, I would say, 25, 26, you know? And then obviously the heroin started around 18, 19. Okay. So there was about 10 years, what was it? 10 years or eight, eight to 10 years where I was on that, on the, on the, the hardcore drugs with the, you know, pills, mm-hmm. powder, pretty much doing everything to try to kill the pain and just, you know, developing hardcore addiction and becoming hopeless and just kind of accepting that I was going to die yeah. on the drugs. Did, did you like, um, was it, an awareness within yourself or did you have like support or mentors or help along the way? Obviously you had to get clean to some degree. So what, it, how was that for you? You know, man? Yeah. So once I, you know, a big kind of a big awakening moment for me was the second time that I wound up, not the second time, but the second time mainly in my memory, cause I've been in and out of courts and getting arrested for petty shit here and there probably half a dozen times, but the second time that I really was in court and we were talking about going to jail or doing time, um, I had wound up doing 100 days the first time. And then this was a, a, like a second or third time I was in court. And um, I wound up just representing myself, right, in quotes, really just presenting myself, right, not accepting representation. And I wound up, um, the first time I got a lawyer, had four years probation, wound up getting violated doing 100 days in jail. This time I did it all myself and the judge, judge, magistrate, right? Um, says to me, well, you seem very intelligent and like, you know, a lot, but I don't think you'll make it all the way through trial without getting beat. Why don't you just take the rehab, go to rehab for 28 days and then we'll call it straight. So I said to myself, well, I need this rehab anyway. It'll probably be a good experience for myself. And it's better than four years and a hundred days. So I took the rehab and that, you know, led to a series of events, one of which was meeting a reverend who was in his 90s. And um, he kind of helped me along the way with still belief in me, you know, by telling me little things, different things, making me aware of the fact that I was very different from other people, but that was a good thing, positive thing, rather than an alienation sort of thing, right? Because a lot of times when you grow up and you seem like you're different from a lot of other folks, in, in, in certain ways, um, you can start to feel alienated and alone, right? So you have to learn and understand what the purpose to that is. And that that is almost like what I consider to be almost being the shaman within a society in the tribal end, where they may seem like an outcast or a weirdo or separate or different, but there's a reason for that. They're on a different plane, right? They're looking into different worlds, walking between worlds, in order to bring, like we were talking about earlier, to bring that information back to 
the quote unquote average person, right? And it's not that one is better than the other, it's that the universe creates people with different perspective who work with each other, right? You need the guys who are gonna go out and hunt and, and fish and climb the trees and do all those things. And then you need the guy who's back in the, in the cabin, who's sitting with his thoughts and taking the hallucinogens and going to different places in consciousness to tell them, hey, this is where you're gonna hunt. This is where you're gonna plant. This is where we're gonna build, right? So it's not that one is better or worse. It's that the universe creates opposites, people on seemingly opposite sides of the board in order to get perspective so that we can meet in the middle and perform the test, right? In the hidden and non-hidden world. Yo, you know, I was listening to another interview you did and for some reason, the image that came to me and like that resonated with me, you ever see Goodwill Hunting? You ever see that movie, dude? I believe that's Matt Damon, isn't it? Matt Damon, dude, where he's like a genius, but he, he, he represents, he represents, he represents, he represents himself in court, dude. And he always did. Like he came from a little bit sure. more of a troubled past and like just dropped knowledge and wisdom and like got off. And for some reason that image flashed to me, dude. And just like, sure. when I hear you speak, man, like, you know, like you bring it, man. You bring the knowledge, you bring the wisdom, you bring the heart, you bring the sensitivity. And, uh, you know, it's something that I, I just, I really appreciate about you, man. So anyways, I just yeah, came, well, I don't know if you'd seen it. I just thought I'd bring it up. Sure. And we have to understand that all of these movies and, and archetypes that are written about in the pop culture books and movies are based on reality, right? I think it was Shakespeare who said that art imitates life. It's not the other way around. So these people write these stories and these books and these movies based off of experiences that they have because the universe is stranger than we can imagine, right? I guess oftentimes. You know, and that's what we're seeing now is the apocalypse Sahim, apocalypse in Greek. That's your language. Back to the motherland, the mainland. Mm -hmm. And that just means the revealing of the truth that was always here. So many of us have walked into two worlds and seen the truth that has always been here. And it seems that the masses, whatever that means, you know, the average person um, is not aware of, of, of those hidden worlds, you know, those, those hidden truths, those symbolic meanings and understanding. So what I see as um the new world or the new normal or what we're seeing now is the revealing of a truth that's always been here that we've ignored and now we're being forced to look at it and to understand it or else face the consequences of ignoring that truth once again but this time the consequences are going to be a little bit more severe right but it's all for our growth and our higher learning and for us to choose truth right the eternal truth and what's right you know, what our spirit, when we're inspired, the word means in spirit, you know, what is our spirit calling us to, right? Separate from our fear, because fear and love, again, the two base emotions, when we're acting out of fear, we're plunging deeper into darkness and ignorance of truth. When we act out of self-love and care for the eternal truth and what's right, logic, morals, and ethics, we wind up in harmony, in balance, the kingdom of heaven. So this is what we're, we're being forced as a collective to learn right now. This is a lesson that's being presented. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to have to suffer and a lot of people are going to have to die in order for us to really, um, you know, grasp. Yeah. Yeah. Really process this, you know, and, and, and realize this, right. Make this a real understanding in our day-to-day -day life. Yeah. I hear you, man. This is, this is earth school, bro. It's... Student of life. That's really all I am. You know, I'm a student of life. I, I watch, I observe, I try to put the pieces together and then I communicate 
the amalgamation? You know, how does it all come together to create the picture that we see in self and in the collective? Yeah, man. Um, and I mean, I, I agree with you. There's, there's, there's no doubt there's, there's a divine purpose and a higher purpose and a higher reason to everything that's taking place now. And I mean, it's, it's, you're right, it's taking place because of everything that we've ignored for, for so long. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. It was, it was always there. It's just coming out now to force us to look at it. And it's almost like as a collective, there's this deep shadow work going on. We're all being faced to see and pay the consequences of what we had repressed, what we decided to bypass so we could go and, you know what I mean, go to, go to Disneyland, <clears throat> so, so to speak. Um, but now, now, like, did you sense that there's more opportunity now to do, to do deeper work and for, and for, and for more revealing that is parallel from the collective and also for the individual, we have the opportunity now to see more of ourselves as a result of what the compression that's taking place outside of us. Sure. I mean, that's, that's all this is, is a breakdown of the collective. Well, the collective is just a set of individuals, right? Who mm -hmm. come together to form a collective. So the breakdown of the individual ego is what's going to happen right now. You're going to have everybody with their false concepts about what the world is and how it runs and how it works and who's looking out for them to keep them safe. It's all going to be shattered, right? A lot of them are going to die before they even have their ego shattered because that's how blind and naive and suggestible that they are. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of this information is uncomfortable and awkward and scary to a lot of people, but what is, is what is, right? We've seen these cycles throughout history and civilization over and over again. This is not something new. Yeah. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. The question is going to be, is this a biblical quote unquote event, right? Is this a worldwide sort of end of an age, new era that is coming about, you know, and I say very possible, you know, what I'm seeing. I mean, every, every age has its individual says, oh, this is an end times event. The world's going to end. I'm not saying the world's going to end. I'm saying the world is going to change for better, for worse. That's going to be up to us. You know, each individual, and uh, I'm not necessarily hopeful. <laughs> I got to tell you, in the flesh, I'm not necessarily hopeful. On a higher level, I understand that this is all right where it needs to be and exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And why aren't you hopeful in the flesh? <laughs> because I went up to Boulder yesterday and they have big signs on the movie theaters and everywhere saying vaccination proof required in order to access services. Right. So when you are now involved in in open segregation based on what's supposed to be private medical history and information, that is medical tyranny. Right. And I'm not interested who likes it or doesn't like it. We're going with the meanings of words, definitions and words. This is not a, a feeling based argument. So if we understand words that have meaning that describe what's actually happening, we will know that our civilization. Right. The American way about truth and freedom and rights is being brought down right now. Right along with the economy, the economic system, the complete uh, system of this country and Western civilization, as far as the positive aspects, right? I'm not claiming that there aren't some negative aspects to it, but the positive aspects, the things that all the world looks to, right? Everybody wants to come here for truth, freedom, and rights. And because the individual's rights are protected, the individual's looked at as the highest thing in this realm rather than the collective. We're being subverted. The Republic is being subverted for demosocracy right? Which means mob rule. It's collectivism. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too hopeful when I see um, big movements like this of people sticking themselves with 
mystery liquids that are actually causing people harm and they're doing it two, three, four or five times because they want to travel and get access to their luxuries and their conveniences. That is Babylon, right? That is a completely fallen state. And then the officials are promising them donuts on top of it saying, go get your shots for health and get your free donuts. And they can't seem to see the cosmic joke that's being played upon them, the mocking that's being done, right? Yeah. From your perspective, how did America fall from being a beacon of liberty, freedom, truth to Babylon, so to speak? Like what, how, how, how do you see that? How did that process take place? What was it that changed? Conveniences, creature comforts, industrial revolution, machinery, the ability to lack responsibility and accountability to life on life's terms because you have other means of getting things done, right? Um, just a complete different perspective and lifestyle switch from what makes a man to how do we keep a man safe and comfortable, right? I mean, there was a different lifestyle and ethic. I'm not saying I'm the example of this by any means, but there is an old school kind of ethic and lifestyle where you lived your life with purpose and meaning. And that everything kind of chained together. Now we see this level of just lost, confused, fearful, misguided, right? And um, a lot of that has to do with, again, the public schooling, right? When you break up the family structure and the housing structure and you separate children from their homes and you put them in government-funded schools to be educated, we know what that, where that goes, right? Every time throughout history, it's indoctrination. Because again, there's, there's forces and groups of beings and kind of just a collective malaise in general. I'm not playing the victim and blaming anybody. These people, right, the, the, the ubiquitous they who run the world, they step in to fill a position that is, is completely open and, and wanted by the masses. The masses want to be led, again, mm -hmm. back to accountability and responsibility. They want their country and their industry to be run by someone other than them because they want to go out and make money to secure things and resources. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that too is, um, a system that continues to keep most people in a position of needing to go out and work X amount of hours doing these tasks to secure resources. So like we see the, the, the centralized currency system is, is, is baseless, right? So as time goes on, it's worth less and less, which means we have to continue to work along with pay taxes. So the generational wealth is decreased. Right. You cannot over two, three lifetimes, you can't pass down to your kids what you would if the system was not rigged and created to fail. But that's a whole discussion as far as taxation, because, again, I'm not victiming. That's a contract and everybody signs it. And whether they know it or not, they've complied and consented to paying the government, whatever it is, 30 or 40 percent of what they make, because they don't understand the common law. Right. So that's another cause of why the world continues to cycle through these cycles is because the individual does not care as much for the truth and what's right as the individual does for things and self, right? Mm -hmm. Selfishness. Like I want things and resources. I want mine and my family's taken care of. I'm not interested in the world and the universal truth and law. I'm interested in securing my body, right? It's flesh over spirit mentality. When you put the flesh over the spiritual truth, it's always demoralization and degradation. Yeah. Dude, uh, so when you talk of common law, just so for people that are watching, you know, these are topics or subjects that I think for some people are like, oh, I've, I've heard a few people talk about it, or I've read an article and they talk about common law and maritime law and universal law, and natural law, all these laws, 
you know, like, can you like break down like the difference between common law, maritime law, like to, to the best of your ability, you know, what, what are these things that, what is the law that keeps us enslaved? You know, what is the law that's going to give us the opportunity to be more free? Like, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. So I'll just give an off the top of my head, probably breakdown and however it comes out, whatever. But the reality of it is, is I just simplify it as universal law to me is the only thing that matters here because it's the only thing that is built within our conscience from day one. And then we either understand it or we overlay what certain societies give us. But really it comes down to, to me, the understanding you can do whatever you want to do as long as you don't interfere with someone else's rights and abilities, right? So if you don't cause loss, injury, or harm to your fellow man, you could do whatever you want to do. Now, with that said, you might find yourself alone a lot of the times. If you act however you want, do whatever you want, and you have a big ego and you don't care about other people, you didn't necessarily cause loss, injury, or harm, but you might find yourself alone, right? But you didn't violate any universal laws. You're just going to get taught a lesson. So how I look at it, like I said, uh, common law, I mean, you know, and this is, again, just kind of brief statement. The common law can be different wherever you go because what's common for one people who live on the land is not common for another. So the common law in Iraq might be that if you drink alcohol, you get punished. If you steal, you might get your hand cut off. That's common for those people over there. That's how they live. That's the common law over there. The common law in this nation is that government was created by man. So government is a servant of man. Government can never dictate to man what man can and can't do, right? And that's why we have a contract with government saying, if you do certain things, we have a right, literally, this is what it says. These are not my words. We have a right to abolish or overthrow you if you are doing something that is not to the ends and means of that contract, right? So again, um, I just stand under universal law because to me, that's built into every human being. If they separate themselves from their ego and how they were brought up, right? If I have a conversation with someone in Iraq and I tell them, separate from everything you've ever learned, don't, do you believe that you could do whatever you want to do if you don't cause loss, injury, and harm to your fellow man? If we can break down our cultural biases and what we were taught to believe and brought up to believe, and we can get back to a universal logic, morals, and ethics, we can understand that there is a oneness truth there, right? And that's what I'm trying to do here. So for me, the common law in this land is universal law, which means I can do whatever I want to do. I'm free. And I have a right to pursue my happiness as long as I don't cause loss, injury, and harm to my fellow countrymen. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you definitely answered it, man. Definitely, for sure. I mean, this is stuff that fascinates me. And I, like I said, uh, I think earlier, I don't know if I said it on this or in our pre-chat, it's like, I feel like it's the next frontier, man, is to really understand this because, you know, like I roll up into, a, I'm in Los Angeles County, man. This is like California, as they call it. Yeah. You know, like I roll up to a place without a mask and people are fucking with me, you know? And it's just like, I, do I have the knowledge and language, you know? Like also when someone says, oh, I have a medical exemption, you're still within the system versus using whatever language and words to like that I would say that someone like you would use. So like, what would be the difference? Like if I went, oh, I have a medical exemption. Look, I have my piece of paper. Like that still satisfies the, the not wearing, oh, I don't, I don't have to wear a mask now, but that's a whole nother level. So how, can you talk about that? I don't know if I made sense of what I was saying, but can you talk about yeah, like- Yeah, you know, I get, I get what you're saying. The difference is, is that individual still believes that their power comes from somebody else, right? I have to go to somebody who's going to deem that I'm exempt from something that I've already decided that my creator tells me is wrong. The whole point of this country is 
we all talk to God, right? And then people say atheists and say, that's crazy, you know, but I'm saying the foundation of this country is we all have our own gods, separate but equal. We talk to them and they tell us right from wrong. So my God tells me that don't put a mask on. It's wrong. Now, for me, God is just conscience, right? The spirit conscience tells me don't do this behavior. It's wrong. It's collectivist behavior. It's not based in any logic, morals, and ethics. It's about control. So I have a right to not do that behavior because you don't have a right to force me to do something that can cause me harm. That's pretty obvious. But people will say, well, this is to protect all of us. I don't have a responsibility to protect you. That's an individual responsibility, right? Each individual in a republic has a responsibility to protect themselves. Mm. That's what privacy rights are. And if you want to trade, like the founders said, your freedom for security, you will get neither. So that's the big debate that has gone on since the founding of this country and will continue to go on by the ignorant and people who have studied history. The government it's been ruled on in Supreme Court has no duty to protect you in this country. They have a duty to protect your rights, right? So you shouldn't want authorities to protect you because all throughout history, when authorities try to protect us and keep us safe, they put us in cells and in the ground, right? So it's just about knowledge and understanding and wisdom and, and, and applying that, you know? I, I don't want to be a part of this and everyone else shouldn't want to be a part of this, but you have to learn that for yourself, right? You have to learn the difference between true self-loving, self-care, and living a fear-based reality. Yeah. yeah. So, so Joel, do you want to say something? I was just going to say, so, I mean, for you currently, like if you go to a, a shop or whatever it is where a mask is required, um, uh, you don't even say I'm exempt. You just, if, if, if someone approaches you and, uh, and asks you personally, where, where's your mask, Paul? How does that conversation go for you normally if you've had those conversations? Well, see, because I love language and I see how the masks on the signs now, they say, wear your mask. And mm -hmm. I think that's interesting because it started out as wear a mask and now it's wear your mask. So they've personalized it, right? So if someone were to say to me, wear your mask, I would say it's very presumptuous of you to presume that I have a mask at all. And that if I did that, I would wear it if it wasn't Halloween, right? Because Halloween is coming up. So I might have a mask and I might wear it but I'm not going to do what you tell me to do and giving me medical advice without a license. Are you practicing medicine without a license? Cause that's against the law, right? Where, it's just such a ridiculous concept to me yeah. that not only are you going to presume my medical history and that my medical state, but then you're going to violate my HIPAA rights, right? That are, these are federal codes because I'm just citing federal codes to compare to a common sense understanding. I don't have to give anyone my name. I don't have to tell anyone my medical history. I don't have to follow anyone's medical advice. Even my own doctor can advise me with a medical license, but I don't have to follow it. So some, you know, flunky somewhere claiming that I have to follow their medical advice that I believe that's going to cause me harm physically and spiritually. That's a lawsuit, right? You, 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 you're in violation of multiple federal codes and multiple established laws that are the foundation of this country because all interactions in this country have to be consensual.
And this is another uh, misunderstanding. They will say this is a private business. No, under the UCC, all public service accommodations, that's what they're classified, public service accommodations are privately owned, but used in the public. So when they're used in the public as a storefront, they're a public accommodation. That means you have a duty and an obligation to accommodate me to the best of your ability. There's also ADA codes on file, disability laws and codes, right? Law and code is not the same thing, but we'll use it in this language in this moment, right? There are federal codes on file to protect individuals from being discriminated against and having medical procedures forced upon them. And you are actually supposed to compensate people to the best of your ability. And what I mean by that is if someone comes to your business that doesn't wanna wear a mask, you're supposed to serve them outside. That's where curbside pickup came in. These businesses, if they would have had it their way with the fascism, the merger of state and corporate powers, they wouldn't even have served you. Cause I had businesses telling me, we're not gonna serve you at all. Well, there was a time where we went through all this. It was called civil rights where they didn't wanna serve people because of the color of their skin. And people say it's not the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. You cannot make up a reason why you don't want to give service to a group of people unless you have evidence of a direct threat. That is the law in this country. So it's not my fault that people don't want to learn the law and don't care about the law or what's true and what's right objectively in logic, morals and ethics separate from established law. Mm -hmm. But that's what I would tell anybody as I would bring up the codes. First, I would bring up my own spiritual law and understanding. I would compare that to the federal codes that are there to protect me in this country. And then I would advise them that they're getting themselves into an area of bringing about federal lawsuit, right? Which I'm still learning how to navigate. So it's not that I'm threatening, oh, you're going to do what I say or something's going to happen to you. I'm still learning how to move a federal lawsuit. I don't even know how to go all the way through it, but that's fine. You're still going to be held accountable in this universe for doing wrong and being a part of wrong. I really don't have to do anything, Yeah. right? Uh, generally, speaking, I, 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 no, yeah. go ahead. generally speaking, would you know if like everything you just said would be applicable to Australia or are you, are you this strictly for from a United States perspective? Well, I mean, again, Yo, all, he doesn't give a fuck about your these... country, bro. Dude, you're like on the other side yeah. of the world, bro. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like, I know a couple things about Australia, kangaroos. I know uh, the boomerang. Right, boomerang. That's a big thing. Crocodile Dundee. I know you're not into pop culture, but Crocodile Dundee. And Steve Irwin, who is a hero in America. But no, to to be serious though, I believe that all these lands, Canada, Australia, that they're 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 considered to be common law lands. They have a charter or a constitution. If you go and read it, it pretty much establishes that all men and women have rights that they're given to them by God or that they're inherent. Right, they're a part of nature. And that government is there to serve them. Now, where we've gone from that is completely in the opposite direction, but it's under the claim of, well, we have a duty and obligation to keep everybody safe, right? The general welfare and well-being of the collective. So that's the argument being made. And you have to call these people back, right? Because that's all this is, is a struggle of philosophy throughout the ages. You have a bunch of men who are mind controlled or ignorant, and they're completely in their own ego and fear, and they're making claims. Right. So we have to then rebut the claim using objective logic, morals and ethics. And again, this is kind of common sense stuff, but yeah. we're losing a grip on common sense and center and what's true and what's right completely. Because, again, like one of the philosophers, Voltaire, said, uh, if you can make people believe absurdities, you can make them commit atrocities. The majority of people are so unlearned and, and with lack of knowledge of self or how the universe works that they're led to believe anything. And they willingly and happily believe it and buy into it and act on it. You know, it's a shame to watch so many people willingly participate in harming themselves in a genocide and 
claim that it's to keep themselves and other people safe. And then also claim that after they get the shots that they're still susceptible to a virus from me not wearing a mask. So there's just a complete cognitive dissonance, lack of communication and understanding and realization of, of what's apparent, right? Yeah, bro. I reckon that's a, a great spot to finish the first half of this episode for the public. Um, you've been listening to Paul Unslaved on Here for the Truth podcast, breaking it down, breaking down the barriers and these these misconceptions around what, what, what rights you actually have and also who you are as a sovereign being within the universe that has its own laws, which, which are here to, to, to guide us within and without. Paul, is there anything you want to leave our public audience with before we go? Anything that you're up to? Perhaps um, even I, I know um, you're, you're doing a little fundraiser for your community at the moment. Perhaps you can tell them about that. Sure. So I have a fundraiser up on Facebook. I know that's where a lot of people are going to start to attack me. I get it that Facebook is going through some challenging times right now. Right? Facebook's still figuring themselves out and it's fine. We're going to be there for them and we still love them, even though they've made some mistakes. And uh, so, yeah, right now that that donation, um, I guess, page is up on my Facebook and um, it's basically just to get a sustainable community started. Right. Because and this is not a new or grand idea. It's just kind of an old story. Just more and more people are starting to realize this is the forward escape. Right. We're not going to be able to ride the fence and we're not going to be able to really run away to anywhere. We have to move into a lifestyle and creating a community and a network where we can feel secure on multiple levels in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, you know, that we are again, living, working, loving, you know, co-creating around men and women who we can respect and that respect us based in principles and value systems. Right. And, and that's just, seems to me to be a common sense no-brainer at this point that we've again ignored for so long living in a city amongst millions of people majority of which are not aligned with our perspective they're all aligned in one perspective but it's not ours right it's a statist um perspective so yeah i'm not for overthrowing government i'm not for any of those things that anybody's going to claim about extremism i'm not for any of that i'm for holding government to its initial intent its foundation what it promised swore to god to uphold and if they don't wish to do that then uh, i'm just going to go create my own living space within the laws of the universe and probably the federal codes as well i don't really violate any uh federal codes or, or universal laws so yeah i'm not here to upset anyone's apple cart i'm not here to fight i'm not here to change any of it if that's what everybody wants that's what they can have I'm going to go off over here and create this experience. And anybody who wants to be a part of that can be a part of that. Right. And I feel like that's a fair um, place to be. Absolutely, man. Um, I hear you. And I, I agree completely with that for sure. Guys, go check out Paul Unslaved on Facebook um, and connect with him wherever you can. And to our members, we'll see you on the other side of this episode to continue this conversation. Thanks, guys. Cool. Take care. Okay, let's do this. Oh, shit. So our members, welcome back to the second half of this episode of Here for the Truth with the man, Paul Unslaved. <clears throat> Paul, so as you know, I'm in Australia. Um, and we've Sorry been, to hear uh, that. <laughs> it's, it's okay, I accept your condolences. I'm doing the best <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> We're rolling with the punches. 
So we've we've been in the lockdown for like four months since since July one. I've I haven't been counting the days or the minutes, but it's been about two hundred and seventy three days and seventeen hours. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's just happened here is that yesterday we had what some people are coining Freedom Day, right? So the double jabbed have been let out in Australia. Shops are open only to the double jabbed, and for the for the for the pure bloods, we we don't get access to the same privileges until the 1st of December. The and untouchables. <laughs> the untouchables. And they're calling this a, a, a freedom day. So literally the, the, the segregation has, has taken place now. Um, you have to show your green tick wherever it is that you go, any shop that you enter to sit down at a restaurant. Um, they're, ask, they're asking for the green tick. And they think that this is freedom. The fact that, you know what I mean? <clears throat> They've been forced to mask, be tracked, be tested, be penetrated, become an experiment. And now they have their freedom and they're, they're, they're free. What, do, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Um, that's more mocking and slave training, right? That's how you use trauma-based mind control to shatter people into cognitive dissonance where you put them in the cage and then you let them back out and you tell them, I was the one who gave you your freedom. Well, yeah, but you put me in the cage. Yeah. So, but again, we go back to, there's no victims here. Nobody puts you in a cage. You willingly gave up your rights and your freedom. And this has been happening for a long time. My little bit of understanding of Australia, correct me if I'm wrong, is they gave up their guns a while ago. Yeah. So... Those of us, again, who are students of history, we didn't need a crystal ball to tell you where Australia was going to go when you gave up your rights to private property defense and, and property right uh, defense, right? Because, again, in this country, and it's going that way, too, because this is a global plan that's going the same way in every nation, including Canada, from what I understand. Um, the only thing that stops what's going on there, more hardcore going on here, is the presence of everyone being armed right and that's not an extremist thing again back to the founding of this country the founders understood that when you give certain groups power they become corrupt and that eventually what you wind up happening is revolution which just means a complete circle so every time countries are born out of revolution they go back to revolution because the individual gives up out of fear his rights right gives up his ability to care for himself and his family think about that the only thing that can stop a bear or another human being from coming in through your window and harming you or your family in the most primitive level is a weapon, right? So when you don't have the ability to protect yourself and your family and your rights, you wind up becoming a victim of predators, whether that's in, a, in the realm of the animal kingdom or whether that's in the realm of the human species, right? So yeah, it's just, it's just the revolving door of, societies that have failed to learn and and inculcate the the uh, the ability to preserve one's rights through i guess written law and oral stories right this is all about the family again back to principles and values being taught by fathers to their sons how to protect themselves and their country and their rights and their freedoms yeah i mean <clears throat> Really, it's such a natural thing to have weapons to, to protect yourself. Like even like, you know what I mean? Pre, obviously, 
pre guns and whatever in the, in the wild and in nature. Like this, that's, that's, that's a base, that's a base primal need. And now that I think about it in the way that you put it, the way you put it, it's, it's completely unnatural to, to be living in a society where all the, all the weapon holders are purely the people that are, are making the rules. Like that's weird, right? Well, that's how you would set up a predatory class is mm. where you want uh, certain members to have more. Again, they, they write stories and, and books and understandings about this animal farm was one of them. Mm. Right? All animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal than others. So in the story of the animal farm, certain animals got more power and control over the rest of them. And they were claiming that we're here to serve, we're here to protect, that all of us are created equal, yet certain classes of individuals have more abilities, power, and rights than the ones who are supposed to be served, right? And we're seeing that go on here as well, where if you look at my videos on YouTube, I go into the courthouse and my public servants are dictating to me what I will do. They'll say there's no guns in the courthouse and no recording, but they have guns in the courthouse and they're recording. So somehow the servants of men have more rights and abilities than the men and women who they're supposed to be, supposed to be serving, right? So that is an, uh, a power imbalance is what it is, right? We've allowed the power balance to shift all the way one way. And a big part of that, not started, but was continued and ramped up during 9-11, right? And that's why a lot of us, they'll say, oh, just shut up and go away and forget about it, 9-11's over. No, this whole thing, when historians study this country and where it went, uh, you know, hundreds of years from now, they will see 9-11, 9-11 as a great jump off and tipping point for where everybody started to get hidden enemies and give up their rights and freedoms for protection from the hidden enemies, right? Which at that time was the terrorists. And, and we've seen gun laws come out of that and, and spying and free speech being uh, trampled upon and censorship and all of these things that started with that over terrorism. And now you turn around 20 years later, who are the terrorists? Who's being labeled the terrorists? Well, us conspiracy theorists, right? have been telling everyone all along, this whole system is being created because it's going to be used on you one day. You're going to be the terrorist when you refuse to take their vaccines and, it, and, and administer uh, their procedures on and around yourself, you will be billed as the harm doer. You're the threat, right? Just like Uncle Joe, Pop Pop, like they used to call Joe Stalin back in, uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. We call him Pop Pop, Joe, Joe Biden, the puppet. He says, something's got to be done about all the unvaccinated. You are the biggest threat to us right now in this country. So we know where that goes. We know where that goes because we've seen it many times in history. It goes to people being taken to facilities to be dealt with, whatever that means. That's what he said. That's not what I'm saying, right? So when conspiracy theory becomes conspiracy reality, you know, I have to ask all the coincidence theorists, are you okay with this? at this point mm -hmm. now and what are you going to do to stop it and now that you've all taken the shots to try to get all your rights and freedoms back and all the harm is being done to everyone and you can see it now are you going to admit it to yourselves and others and are you going to repent from your wicked and evil ways right evil just means to live backwards evil is l-i-v-e backwards so when you live backwards you're a part of a backward system against universal laws and creation so now that you've harmed yourself going against the universal laws of creation Will you repent from your ways and communicate the truth to everyone else so we can stop this madness? Yeah, bro. Dude, so I don't know if you heard recently that like some of the Southwest airline employees like and air traffic controllers like <laughs> kind of walked out or whatever happened. I don't know. And like 
like canceled like a thousand flights or something like that and like they're trying to spin the it wind and rain you're awesome yeah yeah the wind yeah, and yeah. Rain. <laughs> trying to spin it like only it affected winter. southwest it only affected one airline somehow <laughs> so so it's just crazy to think about the level of mind control and the rationalization and justification that some people have so there was this tweet that someone posted and it had been going around where it said the attempt by the unvaccinated southwest airline employees at crippling U.S. air travel is the latest reminder that it's a very short distance from anti-vaxxer to domestic terrorist. There it is. <laughs> that's it. And we can laugh and giggle about it because it's so ridiculous. But that's this is how it's done. Whether it'll get done or not, I don't know. But we've seen it done before in history. And apparently millions of people were dealt with, as Pop Pop Joe says, and yeah. all because... I guess the mass perception it becomes one thing. And if nobody stands for truth and what's right, everyone sits there and watch atrocities get committed, you know? So that's why I say start practicing now because when it gets really bad, you're not going to have the heart. You're not built like that. You're not going to stand up. You're, you're not. So like start practicing now so we can avoid that because when it gets to that point, you know, I don't know if I'm built for that. I don't know if any, any of us really are built for that, for, for large groups of tro troops on the street with guns and cattle cars and all the nonsense, UN troops, whatever it's going to be, taking people off in order to be dealt with because they've been billed as the greatest threat to the future security and health and well-being of the public, which we all know, right? All of us who studied and see what's going on in the trials and and, and all the nonsense, those of us who know people who went and got the vaccine and went and got lumps and other things on them, who their doctors then told them that was from getting the shot weeks and months later, right? So it's all a test, right? I just have to go with the higher learning here, the, the, the test. This is all some kind of simulation and some kind of test for us to decide where we want to be and what <laughs> we want to be a part of. And that's why I said it's gotten so crazy and ridiculous that what I would have said three to five years ago I would have called myself crazy. Now I say, this is the only option. I can't continue to be in and apart and fund and live around a, a preponderance of individuals who've demonstrated themselves to be a liability to themselves and others by the way that they think, feel, and act. And I can't save them either. That's the thing. It's not that I don't love them and care about them and want them to think for themselves and be free in the mind and heart and choose what's true and what's right. I can't save them. Right? I have to put, like they say, put the mask on yourself before you help your child in the seat next to you. So I'm putting my oxygen mask on and then I'm going to offer it to everybody in the seat next to me, you know, but it's gotten so out of hand that I got to disconnect. I got to, you know, kind of change up the way I'm living for my inner peace and to move forward in this, in this mission, so to speak. I feel you, man. <clears throat> it's the, the possibilities are quite daunting when we really consider the way history has gone in the past and the way things look like they're going now and, and, and what could happen. You're asking us, I want, I want to ask you this question. Um, when, when Paul speaks of those possibilities of troops in the street and the UN vehicles and the cattle cars, what, what, what's, what's your experience? What are you, what are you feeling about that? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I know that it, it's a possibility. I'm open to the fact that it could be a possibility, but then I have this part of me, I don't know if it's coming from my ego or, I, or I've watched way too many movies where I'm like, this is the hill that I die on. 
oh, I'm going to fucking bring it. You ain't taking me down. But I don't know, dude, if shit gets real. But, you know, we live in a pretty rural place, so it's going to be really hard for tanks to come up to where I live. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know, dude. I don't know what's going to happen. But Maybe well, let's forget happen. about even all that. Let's forget about the, the you know, the worst case scenario authoritarian angle. If the grid goes down, like they've been hinting at, oh, the Iranians are going to drop an EMP. We, we know the game and how they communicate to each other and to those of us in the know, and they give us time to prepare. So this, again, this is not about demonizing certain people and groups, and this is not about playing victim. This is just about self-sustainability and practicality. Do you have food and water source? Do you have electricity and whatever you need to sustain your lifestyle if food and water and certain things are not readily available by the quote unquote grid system because we see the boats, again, it could all be fake news. We see the boats circling the ports right now, they said for weeks. So we know what that game's about too. It's about shortage, it's about supply, it's about screwing with the gas and the prices and the economy. And So if we bring all that down, right? Let's say tomorrow the economy system is down, the market and the grids are down. Can you sustain your life and your well being, or are you going to look to the same people who help to cause this to save you because so, again that's where a lot of people are going to be is they're going to be looking to government and to fema and, and unicef and all these agencies to come save them in their backyard yeah so to answer that question and your question joel is that like i had expected some crazy shit to go down like last year and so i i planned accordingly to some degree so i feel like my wife and i are pretty set for at least having food for for you know probably maybe several months and uh the water thing is a little trickier uh, we're trying to be in the process of trying to be able to collect rainwater and set up a system to collect rainwater because uh, it is California. So it's not ideal. It'll be one thing if I live by a river. Um, electricity. I mean, yeah, we, we're not set up there beyond just like maybe a, a week or two with a generator. Um, and but we got candles, we got fire, we got firewood, we got stuff like that. So we'd be able to maintain and we'd just be able to hopefully bring a few people in to the sport to to help us out. Like I would say compared to the average person, my wife and I are pretty, pretty, uh, are okay, you know, but if the shit hits the fan, we'll see what happens, you know, but we have enough food. And then too, like, you know, let's go to the other part of it too, for me, as far as being able to respect myself and my community and get some kind of quality of life, dare I say it, right? Because I'm not really one who's, who believes we come to this life for happiness and, and all the euphoria. I think it's a quality of life at times, but it's not a main purpose. But if I do, dare I say, want a certain level of self-respect, respect for my community, quality of life, how much of that can I achieve and a level of peace and, and focus if every time I step out my door, I'm surrounded by people who are their own enemy and my enemy by default, not my enemy as far as I'm concerned, because I don't have enemies in this life. I only have teachers and experiences that I go through. But as far as they're concerned, I'm their enemy, right? I'm the bad one, I'm the wrong one, something needs to be done about me. And they will start to think more and more like that. This is the same story of Christ. It's the Christed being, right? Is, is when beings start to awaken to the truth that's always been here while everyone else goes deeper into darkness, they will come for you at some point. You will be persecuted for understanding a truth that they refuse to understand. So how much of, of myself do I want to continue to put in those situations and circumstances? Right. And I just don't see a need for it when we have this is the greatest time ever to get everybody who maybe five or 10 years ago wouldn't have done nothing. People with money, people who have character and are willing to make these moves and work together. We can do something better than what we have. 
because what we had was already screwed up and dysfunctional. It's just now showing itself to be so. I just look at it as a great opportunity, mm. you know, to, to, to rise to, to a higher potential. This is not even settling for less or running from anything. This is rising higher to meet challenges and solving problems and becoming better together. Yeah, dude, me, me too, 100%, man. I mean, personally, I don't really buy into the whole doom and gloom thing. I mean, everything's a possibility at this point. And I mean, by, by buying into the whole doom and gloom scenarios, we've kind of, we've kind of given up our power immediately by assuming that, you know I mean, the worst case scenario is going is, is gonna to play out and that there is, no, there is no counter force at all. When the fact of the matter is there, there is, we're in the fight right now. We're in the midst of the arena. It's, it's all taking place and everything we, we say, do and act, it holds massive weight right now. This is the, this is the fight. Um, and there's good people out there doing good things. We see all over social media. Look at the social media um, statistics on whether it be the, the Fauci video or whether it be whatever the White House videos. Like it's it's thousands and thousands and thousands of down likes compared to compared to up likes. And primarily, it's it's psychological. And uh, psychologically, the way they win is by keeping you in a fear state, by keeping you in apathy, by keeping you in guilt, shame. The, the lower vibrations. So I think it's really important to be aware of, of, of what the enemy is really trying to do. And their weapon is, it's, it's psychological warfare. I mean, it, it, it literally is. That's, that's the primary means by which they use to enact what it is that they're trying to enact from my point of view and to make you complicit in that. But if you look at the reality, you're right. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are waking up. People that I never thought would see the picture would question a vaccine, um, would question their, their their government, are now doing so. Um, so I'm here. I try to keep it as real as possible. Um, and I, I, we're in the fight. And from my perspective, it's the outcome is still up in the air. Yeah. But again, there there is a, a healthy level of recognizing. Again, it's not about like fear being this bad thing. It's about the responsibility right? Respond, the ability to respond to what life presents on life's terms. Fear sometimes can be a good motivator. The problem is fear becomes a paralysis. If anything I speak is untrue, tell me where it's untrue and show me. If it is true and you're afraid by that, well then solve the problem and the insecurity will become less, mm -hmm. right? So we understand fear to be a tool just like any other emotion. It's about what you're going to do with it. Most people, when I speak uncomfortable truths, they get afraid and they get paralyzed and they want to ignore that truth to remain secure within themselves because yep. the revealing of that truth made them feel insecure. There's a reason you feel afraid and insecure because what I'm saying is true and it's bringing up that weakness within you. So solve that weakness, solve that problem, bridge that gap. And then anything I'm speaking will no longer bring up a fear and insecurity in you, right? The oh, yeah. best way to get strong and level up is to identify weaknesses. The chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Don't look at that as a negative, look at it as a positive. When someone brings up your insecurities and you feel that insecurity, use that as a tool and say, there must be some truth to that. If there wasn't, I wouldn't be insecure, mm. All right? It's about self-mastery and then using that mm -hmm. self-mastery to take it out into the world to solve yourself and the world's problems. We are, the world is a macrocosm of our microcosmic problems, you know? It is an inward does reflect the outer, right? As above, so below, as within, so without as an ancient understanding that we create our own problems within and without, and we also can be the solver of our problems within and without. 
But if you are not responding in a healthy, functional way to your fears and understanding them, they will paralyze you, they will eat you up, or they will keep you in a space of ignorance until you get harmed by what you ignore. Because again, the tiger that you fear and ignore is the tiger that can eat you. Yeah, mm. dude. Just real quickly, just so you know, Paul. I've never uh, heard that you, saying before. You just spit out one of Joel's favorite uh, sayings that he probably says on every single episode, as above, so below, and whatever, as within, so without, whatever the saying is. <laughs> Just sure. that's a that's a that's a, a well-known hermetic principle and understanding that comes to be known as we go deeper into the realms of understanding consciousness and awareness and how it manifests in the self and and, and outward right within yeah. other selves yeah, yeah it's applicable on so many levels i mean we're gonna have a whole episode just on on, on those on, on, that, on that phrase but even just from the simple point that you mean our in, in our internal compromises are equivalent to our external compromises the people that are out there you know what i mean begging for safety from from the government right now are those that really they can't find that safety and security within themselves you know what i mean they're unwilling to to deal with that uncomfortable so they have to they have to accept whatever is given to them um rather than move beyond it and develop that self-responsibility and bridge the gap inwardly um, don't we do this in relationships too joel this is what's so fascinating we do this in our interpersonal relationships. we develop relationships and bonds we go into the bondage with other folks and attach and addict because we don't have the ability to respond and to account for a life where we don't have them right and there's a difference between having community and being interdependent versus being codependent mm -hmm. right where there's a dysfunctional unhealthy level of codependency on other people places and things because we cannot rise to meet the challenge of loving ourselves and bringing that outward into a positive expression of co-creation with the universe. Yeah. Yo, Paul, you're obviously an educated man and a learned man and a well-read person. And I, I'm, I'm just curious, like who, who are some of the people that you've looked up to, like books you've read that, that, that you appreciate and even just like the stuff that you do, like how'd you learn it? You know, like, is there a website? Are there books? You just read the constitution like 43 times and read federal code 32 times and then made flashcards. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, like, I'm just curious, man, like, especially for people that are watching, like, how can they learn this? Like, where's, where's a place to go to? And anyways, I'm asking a bunch of questions, but I'm also curious who have been some of your mentors? Like who, who, who do you sit when you sit down there and you're like on the side of a river, uh, sitting on a rock thinking or reading a book, like, what is it? Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. I like audiobooks. I'm more of a uh, audiobook person than I am the physical book. I just kind of like to listen to somebody read the book and then contemplate on the the subject matter that's being talked about. But I like Marcus Aurelius meditations. I like the Tao Te Ching. I like um, the Dhammapada sayings of the Buddha. Um, I like those spiritual texts that really kind of have a certain energy and, and, and aura and timelessness about them and around them and, and, and an ancient wisdom that is true throughout time, right? And, and all the great men and women throughout history will study these certain books and principles and, and philosophies. I mean, you know, all the Greeks, man, you got to go study. It's the Greeks. The Greeks got it. <laughs> Especially around sex. <laughs> have, you heard of the, have you heard of a philosopher named Eurasimos? Eurasimos, there you go. Yeah. He's, the, he's the modern day philosopher. 
Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But, but um, yeah, I mean, real, uh, real quickly, real quickly. Also, um, you mentioned you like being like, like to listen to other people reading. So I can see now why you loved me reading your bio in the beginning. Sure, <laughs> you know, it was it was quite an experience. <laughs> hey, the the the, yeah. the the Greeks were mandating double jabs before it was cool, bro. Oh man. Yeah. Well, everybody. I mean, that's the thing, right? Was we all lost touch with our culture around the world. I mean, that's what makes this new world order system so effective and insidious is that we're all on the same page, right? Anywhere you go on the land, on the world right now, we have this common theme that we've lost touch with our history and our, our, our culture and our understanding of self and who we are and where we come from and what makes a man a man and a woman a woman and what makes us human and where we come from, where we're going, all those philosophical questions it seems that we haven't really been asking ourselves we've been too fixated and and attentive on on again creating wealth and resources without creating value within self yeah. right and and that is that goes back to where we started this conversation the decline of civilization was when uh, like the scriptures say when mammon became the ultimate um prize you know the ultimate ambition and motivation is money power and status right like they give us in the culture money power respect that's the culture that they want us engaged in rather than the culture of the way you get money power and respect and really like yourself is by incorporating universal law and ancient wisdoms into your day-to-day lifestyle right to become christed like the being talked about in the bible you're either going to love him or hate him if you hate him it's because you love death right all those that hate me love death they're death worshipers they're fallen beings if you love me, it's because you recognize self within self, the light within self, right? Namaste, like we talk about in Eastern philosophy, right? All self is self and enlightened self that understands self and its purpose and meaning here can recognize that within others. And that is true self-love, right? We see that in self and we see that in others. So that to me is the, the goal while we're here. And then all other things come from that, you know? And that's what the Tao teaches to truly vanish in everything that you do, vanish into the, the deed, right? That's doing non-doing because whatever you do, you vanished into it. You put your whole being into it. You care about it. It's about the truth. And then you surrender it and you let it go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I <clears throat> read the Tao teaching a few times and likewise, bro, I'm, I'm into the audio side of things. <laughs> I like being read to. Um, my question is this, do you reckon Lao Tzu smoked blunts? Uh, I, I would say that it's always possible that, that people who are into this stuff were using some kind of quote unquote mind altering substances. I mean, that's been pretty standard throughout history is mind altering substances to explore the consciousness and different states of consciousness. But I don't ever really project my own personal doings onto other beings. You know, I think that's a, a dangerous sort of trick that we play on ourselves where, yeah, man, I definitely know Jesus was walking around smoking reefer. I don't even know if Jesus existed or not actually in history. It doesn't matter if he did or not, because the story is a story about consciousness and, and understanding and communion with the most high. Right. And yeah, uh, serving. So it's not it's it, it doesn't make a difference. But I would definitely say that, you know, there's a high probability that individuals who sat around a lot and, and we're with themselves and with nature 
and, and writing and contemplating probably um, would change their consciousness here and there. Mm -hmm. Not as much as I do. I smoke a lot of reefer, mostly for pain, you know, at this point. But we're working on that too. You know, I, I got rid of the vape. We're not vaping no more. Nice. Uh, we're kind of getting rid of all uh, habits and things that don't serve, you know. Yeah, They're not in line with what we want to be true. It's the process, that's for sure. That's it. Um, yeah, bro. And I say we because I try to keep people like that in my circle. I'm not developing this kind of complex maybe i am there's two of me but uh you know i say we because i try to keep everybody in my circle onto that path including myself of always either recognizing where we're falling short or working on correcting that yeah i don't know you just said there's two of us and it made me think of i think you'd spoken about this somewhere else uh you're talking about um bruce wayne the dark knight and that archetype, man. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm curious to, to, for you to talk about a little bit and how that applies in the world and an individual's life and how they can take that story and those archetypes and, and use it to their benefit. Yeah, so it goes back to that conversation we were having earlier about art imitating life. And the story, as I interpret and understand it, <clears throat> all of these archetypes and stories about heroes and great men throughout history, even in our actual history, is, is based on these main archetypes of, of, of what we admire in the individual, what these kind of inherent great qualities are and how do individuals come to acquire them and be like that? Are they born like that? Are they made like that? And it's just a kind of a common theme in these stories in pop culture and in mythology that there is a weakness, there's a great trouble, there's a great darkness or pain that goes on. And through that process, the individual develops a more deeper sense of self and purpose and what's right and dedicates the rest of their life on fulfilling that purpose, right? And meeting that standard in everything that they do. And that's kind of, you know, I was, I think it was Beth I was talking to. It just kind of flashes in my mind sometimes these kind of goofy archetypes, but they remain true, right? And it's so funny because like you said, the public oftentimes will say, you know, uh, uh, you talk about a subject that they're not well versed on and the individual will say, well, um, I just lost my chain of thought there. I got distracted. There's somebody out the window. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you said, you said, like you say, the, the public will talk about one thing and then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so so if, if, if we're not, if we're not understanding these subjects and how they relate to us, we will confuse them as an outward experience or as a fantasy, right? And we'll say, uh, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's just a movie, that's just fantasy. But the reason why we're glued to the screen and why we continue to watch it and get an emotion out of it is because subconsciously or consciously, we relate to that experience, right? We relate to that individual's journey, to their experience, to, to, to the feeling. So to me, it just, again, goes back to what Beth talks about and, and a lot of us are starting to write our life story this way, the, the hero's journey, right? That we have to start to see ourselves as the hero in our story, not in an egotistical sense, in a sense of saying, well, we are beings who can change and grow and mold ourselves if we work with it. So, you know, like a lot of people, they will, they will say, well, I'm the same. I've always been the same and I'm not changing. I'm real. That's the opposite to me. We don't work in this life to stay the same. We come in this life and work in this life to grow and change and to get better and to mature and to level up. 
right? So that to me is just is just about that whole you know hero's journey archetype of using our pain to alchemize it and transmute it into a belief system, into a lifestyle that serves us and the collective rather than the other side of that, right? Because there's another side to that, which is we create a story where we harm ourselves and other beings around us in our dysfunction, in our pain, in our loss, in our confusion, you know? But again, the universe has a way of bringing all beings who continue to choose suffering from themselves and others back under the law one way or the other. And I don't mean man's law. Prison might be part of it, but it's, it's a, there's a bigger story being told there that most people are not let in on. And if they are let in on it, they're let in on in the fact that it's a fantasy, right? Here's what's real, man's law, courts, government, banks, but this universal law stuff, that's a fantasy, you know? And that, that's our biggest failing. Yeah. Mm. There's no doubt, man, there's super, <clears throat> there's a lot of power in allegory and there's a lot of power in understanding these stories and understanding how they apply to us and recognizing that we all do have our individual heroes journeys, which, which we're on. And from my perspective, a lack of connection with our hero's journey is the primary reason why we'd be inclined that we want to be oppressed and controlled by governments because we're missing that inherent purpose within ourselves. So we need the purpose that is given to us. It's the pseudo purpose that that's handed to us as opposed to us becoming the hero of our own journey and, 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 and the conqueror of our own demons and going through an organic underworld cycle and experience of pain, which we can use to transmute into a gift which we give when we come out on the other side. And um, I just implore absolutely everyone to find that within themselves, to look at their entire life, look at their experiences, look at the difficulties in, in relationships, be it family, be it intimate, be it professional, be it whatever it is, and just use that as, as the great mirror to, to orient themselves on, on that journey and on that path and ask the deeper questions. What is it that I'm being called to learn at this time? What is it that I, what, what, what is the lesson being heeded for me to take the next step onto my path? Um, but we, we're just, we're just so disconnected and we consider life to be redundant and we consider weeks to be the same and we consider routine to be the norm. Um, and it's just so counter to our, our innate nature, who we inherently are as beings. And this is the, this is the primary, I guess, problem with, with, with which I see is this. <coughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely been a um, I go back to the to the phrase one of the founders used the animating contest of life or liberty. You know, I think he said liberty, but I'll throw life in there. Right. We have to have this attitude and this this sort of energy right in motion, this emotion towards life where we want to be a part of it. We want to be challenged. Mm. We almost look forward in a way because I've started to notice that in myself as we rise to meet these challenges and we start to really look at our fear and process it and deal with it we almost are waiting for the challenges right like like any good athlete or somebody who excels in their craft and what they do they train all year round waiting for the hard moments right that's the whole thing is training and waiting and living for those hard moments and those challenges that they can solve the problem right and then win the game so it's an individual journey and it's a collective journey. But again, for the self-empowerment aspect, I can't worry about what anybody else does. Anybody, like any of my loved ones, anybody outside of me, I am only responsible and accountable for what I do and what I don't do, right? So 
like I forget who said it, but I, I'm big on the quotes throughout history as as a reminder that we are all the same. But uh, a, a man is is guilty of all the good he does not do, yeah. right? So I have to live like that in order for me to respect myself and feel good living in the world. Because when I did not live with a value system, with principles, with a certain lifestyle, it was just all, you know, chaos and, and fear-based and here and there. When you live with a certain lifestyle and principle, you, you start to become unshakable. You know, you start to become unwavering. You start to become uh, centered in yeah. self rather than self-centered, right? That's another concept that I kind of like. Most people are self-centered, but they're not centered in self. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's as we, as we grow and as we move along, we will be challenged. And as we fail, quote unquote, those challenges or meet resistance and suffering, we'll be called to rise higher to the next challenge and occasion. And that's going to cause a lot of people to get more scared and possibly hurt themselves. And so that's what we're here doing now is trying to avert. I believe, you know, me and folks like me who are here, we are put here in these times to help people uh, see the game as it's happening, right? And to see their position on the board and to be inspired rather than to become hopeless and harm themselves, they actually can build themselves and be an influencer in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I like it. I mm -hmm. like where it's taken me so far and I believe in it and I've seen it work in my own life. And that's why, why I'm here and everywhere talking about it, because this is, this is a, a principle and an understanding that when you live it and when you work with it, it will show itself in your life. You know, like they say, when a student is ready, the teacher appears. The universe and its experiences are our greatest teacher. You have to become a student of life. You have to leave your ego aside. Hmm. So speaking of being a student of life, I know I'd asked it before. But I'm really curious, man, like these subjects that you talk about that you're well versed in, like, what's the best way for people to learn about them? You know, is it just life? And like, like, are there any particular texts um, to look into? Uh, or is it like, hey, call me up, work, I'll work with you as a coach, you know, hit up Paul and Slave, like, you know, what I mean, there like, you go. I'm just saying, go. like, I mean, hit up Paul and Slave, he's, that was a six month program to teach you all about common law, and how to live in truth and uh, live with liberty and freedom as the main things that are in your heart, you know? Yeah, I mean, equality, all it really is, is, you know, like they talk about a motivational speaker is somebody um, who recognizes the qualities in themselves that make them great and also recognizes in others and puts the light and the focus on that, right? And then also too, like I said before, the weaknesses so we can tighten up. But yeah, I mean, the text, like I said, like I said earlier, I mean, Marcus Aurelius Meditations is a six hour audiobook. If you okay. were to listen to that, you know, every day, it would take you, you know, like, like you were saying before, 40, 50, 60 times for each one of these texts, you should probably listen to it. I mean, it becomes a way of living where you start to contemplate every move that you make, you know, and it's not being like overanalyzing. It's just, you say, well, I'm going to be presented with different moments throughout the day and those moments are going to be collections at the end of the day that will almost be like credit in my bank account of how i feel yeah. about myself right we live every moment and every day racking up that credit like they talk about social credit score see they 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 mock and take off on every one of these concepts where we start to live for their system to rack up that credit 
but we lose all of our internal self-respect credit, right? So yeah. that's the system I'm working for. Every, every day I know I'm going to be presented with challenges and experiences where I'm going to have choice. And my choice and how I respond to life on life's terms will dictate my level of value and who I am as a character, right? In the, on the world stage. So I live like that. Hmm. And I encourage others to live like that. But yeah, like I said, Marcus Aurelius meditations, the Tao Te Ching. Um, those, those are my three kind of favorites at this time. The I don't know if there was some law. I don't know if there was like some other law book. Oh, you something. mean with law stuff? Well, I like, I like Carl Lentz. Uh, I think Carl Lentz is a really good place for people to go. I always bring him up because he's real kind of common sense, direct and to the point. Um, K-A-R-L-L-E-N-T-Z. And then you could just put in like common law. He's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, and then too, man, like the big thing about it is start looking into words and terms. Mm. And I don't just mean like Google searching it and then reading Wikipedia and taking it as fact. I mean, like go back through different books and texts and start to get an understanding of language and, 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 you know, like, again, more of what you're talking about with people is, is, is teaching them how to think and getting rid of what they've been taught to think, right? Removing all the nonsense and then retraining the mind and the self, how to think in a way critically, right? And, and using language and meaning to communicate and to understand the world, right? How can we understand the world if the average person doesn't have a depth of knowledge of words and their meanings and what they're communicating, right? So that's a big part of my philosophy for self-improvement and growth and understanding is looking at words and their meanings, the etymologies, where do they come from, you know, especially in law. And what you'll come to find out is there's always a hidden world, you know, and, and it all connects and it's fascinating and powerful, but we've missed it. You know, we've ignorance, right? We've ignorant, we've ignored or could not see. We've been blind to a whole world of connections and meaning that's been present all along. And it's just never really been opened up to us. We've never had the fascination to have yeah. it opened up to us. And we sure haven't been taught any of this stuff uh, in our indoctrination camps. You know, they're Sure, you're not meant to. Right? Yeah. You're meant to be an obedient producer and consumer, follow the rules and the policies, produce where you're meant to, consume where you're meant to, and ignore the rest of the reality that does not comport with that corporate model and that political uh, economic value system. Again, that's how you completely disconnect and disempower a human from his grounding and his center uh, is by overlaying an artificial reality on every level, a false spirituality, a false political dynamic, a false community dynamic, a false medical dynamic, all the way down the line. You know, But again, you would have to, anything that's given to us or created for us that we continue to use and operate in and pass down to our children, you would have to say, where is bad if not worse than whoever created it because we've continued to be in it and give it to our children while we didn't have to do that right yeah. so again there is no victim here there is no disempowerment here there is recognition of how much we've all lacked self-esteem belief in ourselves self-care on many different levels and how we've settled for less we've just allowed these things to continue we've settled for conditions that are less than what we know to be true and what's right or we've never chosen to consider what's true and what's right and what's good because it's not convenient to us right why would i go and think about that that's going to cause me confusion fear and pain i'm going to ignore that because i want everything to continue the way it is foolish you know but i've had them tell me i've had military tell me we know 
all the reality and the truth. We choose to ignore it because it makes our life easier. I say, listen, your, your mischief is sweet until it turns sour. You still have to drink it, right? You can live for today. Laugh now, cry later. So that is a reality, right? You choose to ignore that. What you ignore and what you resist will persist and get worse. Just like that disease, you want to continue to eat McDonald's while you have pains and ailments. It's not going away, right? Yeah, yeah man. Paul, bro, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Um, incredible to see the, the transformation um, that yeah, you've had and reflecting on your own personal hero's journey. I mean, it's, it's real, man. Um, and yeah, bro, I just want to thank you. I appreciate you, Joe. I appreciate you too, man. Yeah, bro. Really awesome to, to, to reconnect and have you on here. And uh, yeah, like Joel said, man, loved hearing your story. Um, I know we talked a little about, about it when, when we first connected, but to hear it, just to see what, you know, you've done with that pain, you know, and, and how you've persevered and how you've taken it upon yourself to just like learn and grow and live your life and, and be who you are, man, and, and share your gifts however you can, man. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you, man. And I'm, I'm happy that, um, that you did come back to life, you know, multiple times and you're here to, to, share, to share your story and, uh, and learn from all that, man. It's, it's pretty dope, dude. And you do have a lot to, to offer and grateful to know you. Sure. And I appreciate you. And this is the next Joe Rogan right here. Just going to let everyone know. Hollywood, yeah, right? yeah. Eurosimos, the next Joe Rogan. He's going to be big on the Spotify charts. I could see it right now. He's got that look. He's got a star quality about it. I don't so, know, dude. Maybe. Yeah, man, I'm excited for the future. And, yeah, I'm here. You know, I look forward to us all working together more. Fuck Thanks, yeah, man. dude. Cool, man. Uh, well, I guess you left it on the first part. We told everyone where to find you. You have you have yeah. your YouTube page, Paul Enslaved. You have a Telegram, Paul Enslaved. And you have Facebook, Paul Enslaved, right? Is there anything I'm missing out? <clears throat> yeah, I got an Instagram too, but I don't really go on there, man. It's too much, you know, all these different things. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of old school in that sense where like I'm trying to live my life in the world and I have yeah. certain things I put out here and there on, on the internet and I have a presence on the Facebook for day-to-day -day conversations with people. But yeah, you know, I'm out here, I'm around. And like your boy said, like Joel was saying, you know, we're going to continue the journey and um yeah continue growing and learning and uh shooting for our highest potential see yeah. how it goes all right guys thank you so much for listening to episode 35 of here for the truth paul unslaved we'll leave all this info in the show notes go check him out and we'll see you next time take care yeah thanks thanks all our thank patrons we appreciate you peace smoking mirrors i'm seeing through the illusion Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing I'm in a DeLorean